Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. Today we're talking to Michael Belmont of theparkprodigy.com about how to save money at theme parks. Michael is a travel agent specializing in theme park itineraries and travel plans, so he's the perfect person to help us create a better trip. In this episode, Mike and I talk about the best ways to save money on theme park travel, when's the best time of year to visit, and how to figure out if it makes sense to upgrade your hotel and theme park tickets. Hear about these three valuable tips and so much more. If you know someone that likes to visit theme parks, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Michael's tips to save money at theme parks are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash theme parks. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Lee. Thanks so much for having me. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite things to do is going to the theme parks. And I'm also very frugal. I love to save money. You know, I got a family of four. So we're talking about how to save money at a theme park. And I know that you are one of the experts on theme parks. So glad to have you on the show. Of course, it's a very popular topic. Okay, so I, like I said, I, I have a family of four, and you know, every time we go to a theme park, like, it seems like the prices continue to go up and up every year. But the theme parks make it so attractive; they have so many awesome rides. It's like they have like like it's like a whole world that you know you're you're going in there and checking everything out. So, like, what are like the major like theme parks that are most attractive this year, or maybe like what are some of the best rides that are coming out? For sure. So, you know, of course, yes, prices continue to go up, but we love the theme park so much. So we continue, myself included, just continue to go. And especially in today's day and age, it's become such a big part of our culture that, you know, it's just normal when you think about going on a theme park vacation in the summer. It's just something that you look forward to. But some of the interesting things over the past couple of years that we have really been seeing is Universal Orlando has really, really gained a lot of popularity. So Right now, especially going into the summer, you know, we're seeing a lot of families who are looking to go over to Universal Orlando. And even from a budget standpoint, it's just a little bit more affordable than, let's say, over at Disney. But of course, with that being said, some of the most popular rides are always going to be at Disney. And one of the coolest rides right now is Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which is over at Epcot in Walt Disney World. So, you know, Universal definitely has stepped their game up, but Disney's still doing their thing and they do have some of the most popular rides in Orlando coming out. Nice. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago we went and like, it's so cool. Like the, the Harry Potter wizarding world, like it's a, it's a cool thing where they, they almost make it where you have to get that park hopper pass to be able to go back and forth. So we can go on, on the ride between the, the two parks. Yes. And it's by far one of the most popular questions we receive is, you know, is the park to park ticket worth it? Do I need to upgrade? And, you know, of course, every family is different. And, you know, if you're going to Universal Orlando specifically for the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and you're like, hey, we want to go on every single ride, then, you know, the answer would be yes. You know, the park to park ticket definitely is needed because you need to have it to get on the Hogwarts Express. So Universal definitely marketed it, you know, in a way where they, they kind of have you, especially if you're a Harry Potter fan. 
But of course, if you're, you know, if that's not where you're going to Universal for, you know, and you're looking for, let's just say the most affordable way, well, then of course you look at the ride list and come up with your own itinerary. And then you, know, you can make that decision for you if that park to park ticket is the right fit. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. One of the things like with, uh, like with Disney, when we've been there, Disney World in Florida, it's like each of the parks have some cool rides and they also have some like, eh, not, not really caring about them so much. But it's almost like you have to have a, a park harbor pass to be able to go there because you want to pay, you know, a hundred bucks or more than a hundred dollars, whatever it is nowadays, and only have like two or three rides. And then you're like, okay, well, I really want to go to these other ones. And, but I can't go there until tomorrow because I got, I got to use my pass. But it seems like having that park hopper makes you, makes it easier. Even though it's a little bit more expensive, you can actually probably squeeze it into fewer overall days by being able to go between the parks and hit all the rides you want to go on. For sure. That's a perfect way to to kind of look at it, especially if you're the type of family where you're going to the theme parks and you know that you're rope dropping and getting there as early as the parks open and you're staying till the parks are closing late at night. Then, yeah, the park hopper ticket or you know, park to park over at Universal is the perfect fit because it's really going to allow you to do that and get the most out of your day. Absolutely. And, and so you mentioned there like with the rope drop. Um, I know one of the things that, that I saw that was really cool before, and again, I, everything kind of changes over, over the years, but it seemed like if you stay at certain hotels, then you have a little bit earlier access to the parks before everybody else, right? For sure, yeah. So it's it's two great benefits in both Universal and Disney, specifically in Orlando, Florida. I do have the benefit where if you stay in an official Universal Orlando hotel or an official Walt Disney World hotel, you do get early access to the parks. For Universal, it's a, actually a full hour. And then Walt Disney World, it's a half hour at each of the four Disney theme parks. Right on. And and so obviously you get the, the benefit of getting early access. But I think also when my kids, they, you know, maybe they get a little tired right now, they're eight and 12, especially a few years ago when they were much younger, they can't last all day. Right. And I think having that access to that, that hotel that's right there where you maybe can take a break, I can go back to the room and maybe get a little bit of food, something like that. Instead of buying like more expensive food inside the park. Uh, I think that's also a great benefit, even though it is a little bit more money to stay right there. I think that's a, that's a great way to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like they say in real estate, location is everything. And and having that on-site official hotel really does allow you to go back and take the breaks, you know, as the kids get tired a little bit later in the day. And the other thing we love to do as, you know, especially I, I still go and I vacation myself down in the theme parks. I love to order groceries to the room. So I'm a big fan of Instacart and we constantly order groceries when we're going down to the theme parks and then we'll have snacks back in the room. So we're not buying you know, all those snacks inside the parks. It's a great way to save a couple bucks. Sure. Sure. So uh, let's talk about, obviously it helps to plan ahead, right? One of my buddies, Joe from Stacking Benjamin's podcast, he talked about like some of the really great restaurants there when you're visiting uh, Walt Disney world, but like, it seems like you have to have reservations far in advance. If you want to go to some of the, some of the restaurants, otherwise you're going to miss out on those experiences as well. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, especially when it comes to Walt Disney world or just any Disney vacation planning is definitely key. And, you know, that's what we really try to make an emphasis on at the Park Prodigy is just making sure that you're as prepared as possible and understanding, yes, you definitely do need dining reservations. And they open up uh, 60 days before your trip will start. And it's very, very important to understand that by that 60-day mark that you know exactly which restaurants you would like to go to and you can hop on and make your reservations at that point because Disney is so popular and some of the restaurants are you know so popular that they'll really book within seconds. Oh, wow. And I guess another thing that, again, it's been a couple of years since I've been to the parks, but they used to have like the fast pass and they used to have all these different things where it's like, okay, plan ahead. You can book the rides that you really want to be able to go on. That way you're not sitting there stuck in line for you know two hours. 
those types of things. But it seems like in the last year or two, things have really changed as far as going to some of the parks, as far as you got to pay extra for, for certain passes and those type of things. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. So there's definitely been some controversy around the new system over at Walt Disney World. It's called the Disney Genie Plus. So the, the interesting thing about the Genie Plus is it is very, very similar to the old Disney FastPass system, which the FastPass system was free. But with the new Disney Genie Plus, you now have to pay per day per person. And essentially what it allows you to do is you can go and then skip one ride at a time, essentially. So, you know, it's definitely a learning curve for a lot of families and it's definitely an additional charge. Um, you know, with that being said, though, you know, we can see the benefit of using it, especially if you're trying to get a ton done in a short amount of time, it definitely can help you do that. Yeah. I think the, I mean, again, I'm frugal. So it's like, you know, you, you don't want to spend that extra money, especially if you're traveling with a family of four, you know, cause it really adds up, especially if you're talking, you're going to be there for a few days, but if you can save enough time, uh, you know, by not having to wait in those lines, maybe you squeeze three days instead of four days, as far as being able to pay for the park admission and everything like that. So maybe you're, you're actually going to save overall, even though you're spending a little bit more upfront. For sure. And as a general rule of thumb, you know, something that we always recommend to our clients is when you're looking to use the Disney Genie, you're trying to save at least 60 minutes. So we've actually gone and we've broken down the cost of the Genie versus, you know, what what does it cost you to actually stay in the theme park per hour? And what we found is it is worth it as long as you're, you are saving at least 60 minutes per ride. And then that's up to three rides, right? Once you get past that, it's kind of you're playing with house money. But that's kind of what you're, you're trying to do with the Disney Genie, at least 60 minutes per ride. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Let's talk about obviously Disney and universal, like the kind of the 800 pound gorillas, right? Like they're the, the behemoths, you know, but there's a lot of other theme parks kind of across the country. I know when I lived in California, like six flags was, was a great park that we used to visit a lot and they have a lot of different locations across the U S Knott's Berry farm was there as well. And I guess they're also part of the name of the name, but they're based over in uh, Cedar fair. They have like the park up there in Ohio. So there's a lot of great other parks that, maybe are closer to home and also maybe a little bit easier on, on the budget as well. For sure. Yeah. And you know, one of the, the things that I would say is just general rule of thumb, no matter which theme park that you plan to visit is some of the best ways to save money is just always buy your tickets in advance. Right. And even going back to the park to park ticket and just understanding how the tickets work at any of the theme parks, it's always best to do that you know, before you arrive, because that will allow you to really understand your options and then make sure that you're getting the best fit ticket for you. And let's say that you don't need a park-to-park ticket. Well, you avoid getting that option, and you'll save some money that way. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, as far as we talked a little bit about the hotel staying at the park there, do you recommend that, or is it maybe a little bit better to, like we've stayed in like timeshares that are like in Orlando, for example, that we have a little bit more space. Uh, you know, you got a full kitchen and those types of things. And even though it's a little bit further away from the park, in some ways that's, that could be a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think the great thing about, you know, any vacation, specifically theme park vacation is, is it's not one size fits all for every family, right? Every family has a different style and goal for their trip. So when you're comparing, you have to look at the the pros and the cons. If you're trying to save as much as possible, then yes, typically when you start to look at, you know, the offsite hotels or uh, timeshares, specifically, there will be a savings there. Where it gets interesting is trying to figure out, okay, well, what am I giving up to stay offsite? Am I giving up, you know, the free transportation? Maybe you have to rent the car. You know, am I giving up that extra hour in the morning so maybe you don't get on your favorite ride 
you know, right away, it might take you a couple hours. So it, that's why I love doing this for a living because, you know, we get to help families and, and really figure out those questions of what is most important for you and your vacation and how do you achieve that? Absolutely. Now, um, obviously, you know, summertime, you know, we're, this episode is going to release in the, in the spring and the summertime is coming up. That's obviously a big time for, for travel and big time for theme parks because a lot of kids are out of school and everything, but that also means bigger crowds and a lot of times more expensive flights and a lot of times more expensive hotels and those types of things. So like, how can we reduce that cost or, and is it better to travel more in like in the off peak if we, if we can, how does, how does that work? Yeah, of course. So you know, planning a trip in the off season is always best if you're trying to avoid the crowds or really get the best deal, right? You'll always get the best deal specifically for theme parks. It's typically going to be the end of August, the entire month of September or January and February. Now, of course, with that being said, even if you're looking to plan a trip for this summer, next summer, one of the best things that we have found is being able to book as early as possible. So especially coming into the new year, any new year, start to plan and start to think, okay, do we want to go to Universal? Do we want to go to Disney this summer? And typically that's when we see the best deals being released. So you could still get a great deal for some of those you know, peak seasons, you have to just plan it at the right time and really start to plan it in advance. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I, and I know that you know, some of the theme parks, they've, they've started doing more like seasonal events throughout the year to encourage not just summertime, but also springtime and, and the fall. And I know like obviously Halloween is, is a big thing. Like we used to go to not scary farm all the time when I was growing up and it was so cool with all the monsters and like the mazes and everything. And I know uh, Disney world over there in Orlando, they have like, like their food and wine festival. And uh, let's talk about like some of the festivals and some like the, the seasonal events that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's essentially always something going on at the theme parks at this point in time, um, you know, specifically over at Walt Disney world, it's become such popular events. The Mickey's very merry Christmas party around you know the holidays and then Mickey's not so scary Halloween party around Halloween. The cool thing about that one is that it actually starts in August. So even if you're not you know, visiting during the month of October, you could definitely still take advantage of a lot of the fun special events that they have going on in the parks. Now, moving over to Epcot, Epcot at this point almost always has a festival going on where they'll have food booths where you can enjoy you know, different food and beverages throughout the year. There's four events at this point in time, um, starting with the Festival of the Arts, in early winter, then you have the Flower and Garden Festival, which is going on in the spring. That Food and Wine Festival starts right around July and it actually runs through November. And then they have the um, Festival of the Holidays to end the year. Over at Universal, same thing. There's almost always something going on. We have Mardi Gras, we have Halloween Horror Nights, and then, of course, we do have Christmas around Universal Orlando. Okay, that makes sense. It seems like every park now has like their, its own app to help you like navigate around the park to kind of look at like the the wait times and those type of things. Obviously we want to be able to download those apps before we go on, on a trip to a theme park. Uh, are there any other apps that, that we can that we can use? And then is there a, any suggestions as far as how to make the most of of the apps from the theme park itself? Yeah, for sure. So you know, there's actually so many different ways to just make sure you're getting the most out of the apps. Specifically, you, you nailed it. You, you definitely need and you want to download the Universal Orlando app and the Walt Disney World app before you get down to the parks. And it's going to help you a couple of ways. Not only is it going to help you save some time, but you don't have to download it once you get down there. But you, you'll mess around with the app and just get familiar with it. And then you'll be that much more prepared when you do get down 
uh, you know, into the parks. But there's a, a couple of cool things. Specifically over at Walt Disney World, they have a virtual queue system for that popular ride, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind. So you'll want to make sure that you're familiar with that and so you, you don't miss that opportunity to get on that ride. The same thing over at Universe Orlando. Universe Orlando and Walt Disney World both actually have mobile ordering. So, you know, I'm the type of person where I'll, I'll think about, you know, what I want for lunch for, at breakfast, essentially. So everyone can take a look at the menus throughout the day and you can pretty much put your order together and then place a mobile order and then just go and very easily pick it up. So there's there's so many different ways and so many different reasons why you'd want to be familiar with the main two apps that you'll find helpful during your trip. Yeah, that's awesome because you're already waiting in line for all the different rides. The last thing you want to do is wait in another line uh, when you're getting food, especially if you're traveling with with kids and or your spouse, <laughs> they start getting a little hangry, you know, and uh, next thing you know, you're waiting in line 45 minutes for food. It's not going to be a good day <laughs> if you do that. Absolutely. Are there any other apps that are like third-party apps that you'd recommend uh, to kind of help facilitate a good theme park experience? So yeah, there's a, a company called Touring Plans and they do a great job of essentially helping uh, families come up with specific itineraries. Now, the other cool thing is over at the Park Prodigy, we actually do this as well for free for all of our clients. So it's not really an app, but you know, I think the purpose of an app, of course, is to make your lives easier. And I think for any theme park vacation, one of the most important things that we always recommend is have a plan, have an itinerary going into your days, because of course, the way life works is nothing goes as planned, but we just find like at least having it to start with will just make your day go so much smoother. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I know it's like when we talk about a lot of times we talk about the destinations here on on this podcast and a lot of time that if you're not planning ahead, you end up crisscrossing the city so much. Same thing with like, I'm sure when you visit the theme parks, if you're not planning ahead and like trying to be uh, proactive with your time, you're going to be running all over the park instead of like hitting the rides in kind of uh, succession and be able to save some of that time there as well. Absolutely. Now, as far as like getting to the parks, you know, obviously, you know, we were talking earlier, you're based in New York, you fly down to, to Orlando all the time uh, to be able to visit those parks. If it's me here in Nashville, I'm checking out some of the different parks across the U.S. as well. I know I use miles and points uh, whenever I'm traveling. Is, is that what you use when you travel or are you paying cash for the flights? And how, how are you getting down there to the parks and what, are, what type of tips do you have as far as being able to save money when you're going there? It's a great mix, right? So I will mix it up and sometimes I'll use points or either on the flight or the amazing thing about Walt Disney World is that they do have some non-official Disney hotels on property, which you can use points at. My two favorites are going to be the Disney World Dolphin and the Disney World Swan, which are both part of the Marriott. And again, you can use your Marriott Bon Voyage points or you can use you know, any other credit card points to go ahead and book those rooms. And then, you know, again, that's just a great way to, to kind of save and and get down there for a little bit less. Absolutely. Yeah. The way I look at it is that if I'm going to be able to save on the flight and the hotel, it makes it a little bit easier to, <laughs> to, to swallow like the, the cost of like the, the admission and you know, the kids are going to want a souvenir and, and those type of things. It makes it a little bit more easy for you to fit the entire experience into like your travel budget for the year. Cause I know like a lot of families, they can't afford to, to like the, a big vacation every year. So if you can reduce the cost by using miles and points, now you can create those memories every year instead of waiting you know, two or three years to be able to save up for that, that big chunk. Yeah, absolutely. And now as far as like when you're planning your trip to go down there and like you're packing and I think you're probably traveling by yourself, you know, I'm traveling with my family. What are some of the things we, we should pack or we should get when we, when we arrive to ha- kind of help the, the overall experience and, and to be able to either save money or save time? 
So when it comes to the theme parks, essentially what you want to really look at is anything that you can bring from home that would be cheaper, that you can avoid buying in the parks, right? You definitely want to take advantage of that. And of course, when you're traveling to Florida or if you're just you know, traveling to the theme parks in general, you always want to be prepared for the weather, right? So ponchos, bringing your own ponchos is a great way to save some money. Sunscreen, hats, cooling towels, sunglasses, essentially anything that you think you you would need for either those hot summer days or even one of the probably biggest things that might throw people off is visiting Florida in the winter, specifically December, January, and February, because you really don't know what you're going to get. So if you know if you are planning to visit during some of those off-peak times a year, you're definitely going to want to make sure you have sweatshirts or make sure that you're uh, familiar with what the weather forecast looks like, you know, leading up to your trip so you can plan accordingly. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, like we visited Paris Disney a few years ago and uh, we were there, everything was great. And then all of a sudden it started pouring raining. And, uh, you know, if you buy the poncho at home, it's like what, 50 cents or a dollar or whatever, right? <laughs> Next thing you know, you're there and you get the official Disney logo on it and everything like that. It's like, you know, $15. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so like, uh, sorry, kids, we can't eat today because we had to buy ponchos. <laughs> uh, so speaking of that, obviously, you know, Orlando is a, is a huge tourist destination, but you know, for the complete like Disney experience or universal experience, there's like theme parks all over the world. You know, Disney has, you know, like I said, Paris, they got there in China now, and I think in Japan as well. So they have a lot of different experiences that you can do. If somebody wants to be able to hit up all the different like international locations, do you have any recommendations for that or anything that we, we should kind of be aware of when we're thinking of hitting international parks? Well, I think, you know, one of the coolest things, just like it sounds, is that because it is an international park, the entire culture and the entire experience is going to be so much different from what we're used to here in the States, right? And, you know, I would just say, take that into account and and take that into how you're planning your trip. And some of the other coolest things about the parks that they have in Japan and China is the technology. Some of the rides that they have are just so much more technologically advanced than what we have here in the States. Now, don't get me wrong, we're definitely catching up. But, you know, it's just a different experience and it's, it's very, very interesting and cool to, to go and to see for yourself. Absolutely. I, the way I look at it is that although you may love like Disneyland or Walt Disney World, I grew up in the shadow of, of Disneyland over in SoCal and that had a, a good experience, right? Because everything's kind of self-contained in one park, but everything was like on top of its, on, on top of each other. So you didn't get like the same experience like you do in Walt Disney World where, they have much more land and they're able to kind of create like an immersive experience. Whereas like, you know, when you're in Disneyland in California, you got star tours uh, right next to like the monorail and right next to ET and everything like that. And so it's like, Hey, you're just going on the different rides. Whereas like when I went to Orlando, it's like, wow, you got you know, acres, you know? And so you have like a whole experience. Like there's parts of the ride that are outside of the ride as you're like, you're walking in. I remember at universal, they have like a whole building where it's like the, the Spider-Man ride. Right. And so you're, you're walking through like the, the daily bugle and they have all the different TV channels. They got J Jonah Jameson, like talking trash to, to Spider-Man and everything. Right. And it's just, it just really kind of builds that whole experience. And so I think, like you said, that if you're going to visit some of these other parks, you're going to get those different experiences and just really kind of fulfill and fill out like the overall experience of being able to be at the theme parks. Absolutely. So when people are planning, you know, I know the overall process can sometimes be overwhelming, right? Like it's, you know, you got your day job, you got your family responsibilities, you know, kids are in sports and school and everything like that. And it's like, 
man, now I got to do one more thing. I got to plan this whole vacation because I got to take advantage of all these different things. I know like your company does a, a free service as far as creating itineraries and those, those type of things. I think that's a great way to go, right? To be able to take advantage of those free services. And so let's talk a little bit about what you do at the Park Prodigy. Uh, and then also we can talk about how the CVBs and the visitors bureaus can also help. For sure. Yes. You know, you know, we really love what we do and I'm very, very blessed to get to, to do what I love for a living. And, you know, one of the, the coolest things about it is that we really do get to help families and help, you know, save them that frustration of trying to figure out what is the right fit vacation package for me? What is the right fit ticket for me? You know, and, and going back to, you know, just taking and getting the most out of your trip and by teaming up with a company, you know, like ours, we're really going to make sure that you are as prepared as possible and that you do have a park plan going into your days, right? So you know exactly which rides to hit when, but even taking it, you know, one step further and making sure that you're getting the best deal, you know, and let's say that you're trying to get that premier experience over at Universal Orlando. Well, we spoke about the hotels earlier, you know, and how they have early park admission, but some of the premier hotels even give you free Universal Express passes, right? So breaking down and saying, okay, well, you're thinking about buying the express pass at this price, but if you upgrade to this hotel, you'll actually get them for free. And, you know, a lot of situations, if you know you need a hotel and you're already considering the express pass, you know, might be the best fit to go with that premier hotel where you get the free express passes. So, you know, little things like that and making sure, and this is for any authorized universe or Disney travel planner or just travel agents in general experts, they really will help you make those decisions and really find the best fit package for you. And overall, that's going to help save you frustration, but most importantly, help you save a couple of bucks. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, again, like, you know, I like to save money and everything like that. And sometimes you look at like, okay, what's the lowest cost hotel or whatever, but maybe if you spend just a couple extra bucks, you're going to get the free breakfast you're going to get you know, that free express pass and those types of things. You're going to get a free shuttle from the airport or, or to the park. And when you add all that up, like, okay, yeah, it's worth paying an extra 20 bucks a night or whatever for the hotel because I'm getting all those extras. Yes, absolutely. I don't know, like, again, like whenever I go to the parks, I always like reach out to the visitors bureaus ahead of time because, you know, as great as the parks are, if you're there for a week, you're probably not going to go to the park every, every day of the week. I know I don't, you know, because there's a lot to see in these different cities there's other different attractions that aren't necessarily like the big ones. And so it's a good idea to reach out to the visitors bureaus because they will tell you other things that are going on, other attractions. They'll tell you some like calendar of events that are, that maybe are going on like different concerts or festivals or whatever that you can kind of experience as well. Or maybe just find like something that's like low cost for the day to be able to hang out and chill out instead of shelling out like, you know, four or 500 bucks for, for your family to go visit the theme park for the day. Absolutely. I, one of the things I always do, like a lot of times we say like nice resorts or like a timeshare place that has like a nice pools and everything like that. I always kind of recommend to like plan like a pool day because you, you stay at these awesome resorts and if all you're going to do is sleep on the bed, like why are you paying all that money to be able to stay at that hotel? Absolutely. And I think that's the best way to do it too, because if you don't take those breaks and of course every family is different, but I personally just find if you don't take those breaks, you'll need a vacation once you get back from your theme park <laughs> vacation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I try to squeeze as much as I can into like into the trips, but sometimes you just need like that chill day because I sometimes I forget my kids are kids, and I, I assume they have the same energy and the same <laughs> same uh, determination I do. Uh, but like, man, they after a day or two of that, they're wiped out, and all they want to do is sleep in. And those of us that have like day jobs and everything like that, like you know, we're tired also, right? And we want to be able to sleep in for once instead of always a go, go, go that we're used to back at, back at home when we're doing with our day job. Absolutely. 
So, uh, Michael, I, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all these great tips uh, about theme parks and like how to save money and have, how to have a better experience. Can you tell the audience a little more about who you are and what you do? For sure. Yeah. So, you know, my name is Mike. I, I, I founded and started the Park Prodigy. You know, and we are Disney and Universal travel experts, and we're really focused on making sure that our clients just have the best possible experience. And again, we really, really firmly believe that that does start before you even get down to the theme parks and just planning and being prepared and understanding all the apps and the moving parts that we spoke about. And, you know, that's kind of what we have always had at our core values. And that's really what we're continuing to do as we move forward. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate everything. If somebody has questions about your business or about the theme parks, what's the best way to reach you on social media? Absolutely. So we're very, very social on Instagram. We're scaling our YouTube content right now. And of course, if you hop over to our website, theparkprodigy.com, we actually have chatbots. And, and there are live people and live agents that can help you with any questions you might have about the theme parks and really make sure that you are prepared for your next vacation. Well, fantastic. I really appreciate it. We'll, we'll definitely include links to that in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Lee. What an awesome conversation with Mike. My kids and I love riding roller coasters and exploring theme parks. So these tips will really help us on our next trip. You can find all the links we talked about and our one-page guide to Michael's tips to save money at theme parks at wetravelthere.com forward slash theme parks. We want to say thank you to AwardWall for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash award wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we head to Yangon, Myanmar to speak with my new friend Jessica Muddit, a freelance travel journalist and author of Our Home in Myanmar. In this episode, Jessica and I talk about a 2,000-year-old Swedagon pagoda, riding the Yangon circular train, and getting wet at the Tingan Water Festival. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. Music